Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to If We Can Just Say. I am your host, Stephen Ogle. With me, as always, is my lovely wife and co-host, Jessica Carter-Ogle. Hi, everybody. I'll probably get in trouble for this later, but I was breathing during his countdown for the intro. As you all know, I'm told to hold my breath because I'm a bit of a heavy breather, it seems. Sometimes. So I Sometimes it, I breathe. it bleeds through. Sometimes. I didn't hold my breath. <laughs> so we'll see how, that, see how that plays out for me. Speaking of holding one's breath... A lot of snow outside and very cold and sometimes bitter enough to take your breath away. Yeah, well, actually, today is like 30 degrees, I think, or that. I have not gone outside. No, thank you. You are just like. Nope. If anyone didn't know better, you'd think he's agoraphobic. It's 31 right now, but we are under a weather advisory. We're supposed to get snow and ice this evening and into tomorrow. So exciting. But we have had bitter cold temperatures like wind chill advisories. It's been negative four with the wind chill making it negative 18, like all kinds of nonsense. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been gross. We've talked Very about it on our there. last podcast, too. It's been winter. Yep. The last two Fridays have been a lot of snow, which is weird. Yep. So, but, you know, what are you going to do? It yeah. is winter. It is. Just it, because it was 60 on Christmas, I didn't think that was going to hold through the whole season. Yeah. Thankfully, it wasn't snowing when we took uh, Soph to the vet. No. So, we didn't end up with any sort of having to drag her through the parking lot in the snow nonsense. No. Nope. She was good. Poor little girl. Yeah. Drug her up. <laughs> muzzle her up. Take her in the vet. Yep. She's good. Just a little heartworm test. All good. Yep. So, you know. Just a yearly visit for yeah. for that little gal. Annual testings for, you yep. know. Get your, stay on top of that pet parents out there. It's very important. So, uh, the big news being up this week is that, uh, well, we moved from college football and into pro football, in which the Lions have now won two playoff games. And it's the first time they've won two playoff games since 1957 when they won the national title the last time. So looking good. Or championship last time. I don't know what it was because it wasn't the NFL back in 57. But anyways. um, So yeah, last time that they won anything big was in 1957. Won two playoff games. And this time they've won two playoff games. And they're going to San Fran next week. I mean, it's so cool. Like, I'm not even a huge, like, football fan just because, like, whatever. But I've always been a Detroit teams fan, and there was a time in my life where I had a Lions hoodie. I can't find it. I've searched our entire house. And I did have a Lions T-shirt that I searched for and found, and it had a stain on it. And since I haven't worn the shirt in about eight years, that stain was set. So that <laughs> shirt's no longer. But, yeah, it was – and the cool thing, too, is, like, the team is just so, like, genuinely, like – they're excited. Yeah. Yeah. They, just to see them, like, at the end of the game, just, like, taking it in. Like, just looking around the stadium and just, like, breathing it all in. Like, oh, my God. Like, this is. Yeah. And. We're here. That We're doing it. And Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell, the coach, was part of the 0-16 Lions team. He was on the team playing during that season. So, it's even more, you know, Perhaps he found to his. Him niche as a coach not a player i mean i'm not sure what his career was as a player (laughs) but but he you know he lived through that season that had to you know be pretty mentally defeating to be a part of an 0-16 nfl team so for 
for him to be the coach now in which taking Lion the Lions to new heights, man. They're a new team. Like yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of support behind that team coming from Michigan and the city and stuff and and uh yeah, it's really cool to see them doing that. I mean, as soon as the game was over that the crowd was chanting uh Jared Goff. Yeah. Like big time. You know, I mean he's a good quarterback. He's already won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Um, so, you know, this will be cool to see what happens yeah, next I mean, week when they go to San Fran. They could have two more games left. They play San Francisco. They've got at least one. They got at least Possibly one. Possibly do. Yep. They get, they play uh, San Francisco next week. And then um, also next weekend is the Kansas City Chiefs playing, going into Baltimore. Yeah. So the two number one teams uh, hosting games next week. So. Go yeah, Lions, man! I know. It's it's fun to watch. It's intense. It's a little, uh, a uh, little, little, little anxious while watching. My mom like, is oh, a man. trip. Oh, your mom's like watching my mom. We watched at my parents yesterday. My mom, like the game had literally been on for three seconds, and she was already just freaking out. Yeah, just freaking out. I'm. I was surprised she wasn't hived out. <laughs> Like, she just couldn't <laughs> handle it already. Oh, yeah. I don't even think a full play had happened yet, and she was just losing it. Yeah. It like, screaming and going nuts. Halfway through the fourth quarter, she's like, I got to go do something in the kitchen. I can't watch this anymore. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> she's hilarious. Yeah. So, good times, man. Yeah. Um, really, really looking forward to next weekend. Next yeah. weekend will be fun. It'll be uh, Saturday. It'll be the Royal Rumble for WWE, which is a one-of-a-kind pay-per-view for wrestling um which will be fun and i believe they're in tampa and then um that's saturday night and then sunday is is gonna be you know football big sports weekend yep cool so nice. and i believe the lions are the late game the six o'clock game the baltimore games at three cool well go lions we're rooting for you go lions indeed uh two quick updates for uh shows that we watch that i thought i'd throw in as a quick thing that i um saw today one the final season of bad batch season three is coming in february it's bittersweet it is it is that's my favorite star wars animated show yep. now rebels is coming up on a close second it is even more than even more than clone wars here's the thing oh as much as i liked clone wars and without it you would never have bad batch or rebels it was also just like tame it was very like it's like i don't know so you've got, i mean it's just like the history lesson and then you've got like the great revolution from it yeah and the revolution is always more exciting than the lesson before it yeah and clone wars is like the lesson before it and bad batch and rebels are like the revolution yeah and so that's more exciting but you do, you can't have it without clone wars yeah, the um, at at the end of Clone Wars, you get the chase. Yeah, you get the chase. It's the but Empire Bad Batch chasing, is my favorite. The Empire chasing the rebellion. I'm still holding out hope that Tech's alive. I I think that if he's if if he is alive, that it lessens how powerful that moment was in season two. He just fell in love. I know, but it lessens how powerful that moment is. And I didn't watch the trailer. I just saw that they have a trailer and that they're releasing the first three episodes on February 21st. And uh, they're getting 15 episodes instead of 16. So I'm already a little like, why are you giving me one less episode? 
Huh? I'm, maybe Tell one's me, longer. Maybe it's a long one. Maybe the last one's an hour episode. Yeah, Disney. You better make up for the fact I'm not getting 16 episodes. Anyway. I am very um, into Rebels right now, though. The two shows that I'm super into right now, oddly enough, are very Steven-like. What are they? Rebels and Fringe. Rebels and Fringe. I am into Fringe right now. Yep. I want to know what is going on. I am ready to be done with it, but also not. Because <laughs> I want to be done with it, because yep. I want to know, yep. but also, like, yep. I don't want to lose Walter. Yeah, we're down to the last couple of episodes but of I need season Wal- four. Y- yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, the other update I saw is that What If is getting a season three. They announced that today, and they released four screenshots of episodes that they're already working oh, I on. I assume that's sitting in my Instagram messages. I believe it is. Um, I got about thirty-seven Instagram messages today to go through. One of those, one of those uh, images shows uh, Falcon as Captain America. So I'm looking forward to that already. Isn't that like a move? Isn't that? The thing, yeah, but we haven't seen that in what if at all. But it's him, you can see there's a version of Captain Marvel behind him and somebody else, so it's some sort of yeah, but it doesn't Falcon become Captain America? He does, but you know, the story could be what if Falcon became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers or something like, like that, just and overall, it, yeah, I don't know, it that would have never happened during that time, could be something like that in um, America, no way, that's. That's part of the fun of having a what if series is going well. Uh, They're going to tackle race relations. They might. That Who would, knows, I man? Know. I mean, they've I tackled guess. a lot of things in that show that have been fun. I think, and um, I'm fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I th- I think that I think that they've done a very good job with that series. I think that um, the potential they have for the next season is uh, it's exciting. Because it, it, it's it's a great show, and and when they build off of things that already exist in the MCU and the live action, and they make their changes to the story, and they make it make the animation play a little bit off of what we know and change it, I think it makes it fun. All that, right. That's what I liked about season two, anyway, and uh, yeah. So I think I think that it'll be, I think that it'll be fun. Well, you can find all that on Disney. Speaking of streaming services. Oh yeah, what do you got for us on that this week? Well, they all suck. So they're all so GD expensive and all the money that just goes out, out, out. Like, so obviously we all went to streaming services because we didn't want to pay for cable. We didn't want commercials. And now, as you know, like that's biting us in the ass because now all the streaming services want to have commercials. Amazon can just go do something that we're a family friendly podcast. So I'm going to stop myself from saying and... (laughs) All of this stuff. So Stephen and I sit down and it's like, all right, like, what can we cancel? What can we stop? What can we not have? And it came down, like, it finally ultimately came down to the fact that what could we get rid of? Maybe the only thing we could do was maybe get rid of Hulu temporarily, maybe, which is already bundled with Disney and ESPN, which we don't even use ESPN, but we use Disney. So if we got rid of Hulu, so we pay Disney, ESPN, Hulu for twenty four ninety nine. If we got rid of Hulu and we'd still have to buy Disney to watch all of his stuff, we'd still be paying fourteen ninety nine for Disney. <laughs> so after doing all of this stuff, we'd be saving $10. And then we don't have Hulu, which has a few shows that we actually like to watch. 
And I'm like, well, at the end of the day, okay, we save ten dollars, hundred and twenty bucks a year. I don't even like whatever. At that point, I don't even have the capacity to do the work to cancel it, to break apart the plan that's linked together with all the things and Yep. It's not even worth it to spend the time to do that. So everything's all freaking boxed together now. So you can't even escape a streaming service because yep. those three all are all linked together. And now Apple and Paramount are talking about bundling because they are the two streaming services with the least amount. So we found this thing on Morning Brew, which is if you guys don't get the Morning Brew newsletter, I highly recommend it for your news because... I can't watch any of the new stuff out there or listen to anybody speak news to me because everyone is just terrible. So I read this newsletter to keep myself informed on stuff. And they were talking about streaming services and how many like items are in their catalog. So prime has the most titles, which surprised me at 14,206. That's like the most. And that's double Netflix at 6,472. It's it's almost, it's almost, like more than it's more than double yeah. peacock 5121 hulu 5075 max 3533 you guys are gonna be quizzed on this take notes disney 1976 so already from five to six that's a halfway yep. they get half of of, yep. of what max does and then you've got paramount at 1582 and apple tv has 208 208 that's it 208 titles. Yeah. So Paramount and Apple TV are looking to join. Now we have Apple Apple TV. I would love to get rid of, but Apple TV is bundled with our what Apple Music and like our phone and stuff and by iCloud having storage yeah iCloud and storage and like our phone through Verizon and so we couldn't even get rid of that if we wanted. There wouldn't even be worth it. I don't even know how much we pay for that. So that's another stupid bundle thing. So, and there's nothing to even watch on that. Blackbird was great. What else you got for me? Um, the thing is, is that if Apple TV Plus and Paramount Plus combine, they will still be less than everybody yeah, else. They still would be the least <laughs> amount of titles. Yeah. So it's and, like, and you got to factor in they added Paramount Plus started adding all the stuff from uh, what was the other so net- Showtime. Showtime. So I don't know but, if no, Paramount... but what's the stuff that Fixer Upper came? From? Oh no, that, that's not. No, that went to no. Max. That's why Max jumped up. So they got I wonder HGTV. if Paramount. So Paramount will also link to Showtime, but I don't know if that's included in their titles because I don't think so because it's just Paramount. But if you get the add-on, you can get Showtime titles as well. So anyway, at the end of the day, you are paying. We are still between our streaming services and our YouTube TV. We are still under what it would cost us to have cable. Not by much not, no, anymore. Not really. Not really. <laughs> but we, we just did the math not too long ago. We're still like slightly under, but not by much. Not enough to make it like matter. But at the end of the day, nothing we watch is on television anymore. No. So it's like we're stuck anyway because all the shows you want to watch, all the new programming, like the big new stuff, it's all coming out on streaming stuff, not really network TV anymore. So one, I don't know how network TV, unless you're a Dick Wolf show, how you compete with anything. Yeah. And like, I don't understand how this is going to go because eventually in the next year or so, we're going to be paying more to have all this. Yeah, because the price I told Stephen just... I could cancel everything. 
the prices just keep going but up. But he couldn't. The prices keep going up. It's insane. Like I was all for like like going like, hey man, if we can get rid of Hulu, that'd be great. But like for ten dollars a month, it's not worth it. I'd cancel everything and rent DVDs from the library. <laughs> that's what I used to do back in my apartment. But you'd be renting. Fine. But you'd be renting stuff that's old. You wouldn't be renting anything that's new. Oh my god, Cause, who cares? Because none of this stuff that's streaming. But now I'm on this podcast, so I have to talk about relevant stuff. So you really pigeonholed me. Now all the all the stuff that's on streaming, it's not going to DVD and Blu-ray. It's streaming, so they're not doing that. Like Disney, I was surprised right before right before the end of the year they announced that they were releasing season one of WandaVision. And season, yeah, that was season weird. one of why would you buy that? I, I don't know. Like they they announced that they were doing a couple of their shows. They were releasing the first season on Blu-ray and DVD. And I was like, wow. And I looked at how much they were, and they were like thirty-five dollars. And I was like, that's insane. Like, no, I already pay. I already pay for it monthly. I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. So, yeah, the prices the prices are going to continue to go up. I guarantee you by the end of this year, we will probably be even with cable or paying more yeah. than cable. And cable is dying, yeah. as it should. I mean, and with everything we pay for, we get way more than if we just had cable. Yeah, because if we had cable, we wouldn't get anything on Prime, which is they have their own programming. We wouldn't get anything on Netflix, which has no. their own programming. We wouldn't get anything on Hulu that has their own programming. And we wouldn't get anything on Max or, or Disney yeah. Plus or Paramount Plus that has their own and Apple Plus. They all have their own shows that aren't yeah. on regular TV. And by getting like Hulu and, and like Peacock and stuff, I get the majority of stuff that's on regular TV. I can watch on those apps too. The problem so is... So ideally, for me, I'd never have the live TV. Like you have... You need you need YouTube TV to watch like you're wrestling and now you're watching sports again. But for me, I would have streaming and I would never have live. Live TV would never be something I would pay for. Um, it, you know, I remember before you and I got together, I had Netflix and I had Hulu, and I didn't have Hulu Live. I just had regular Hulu because I could watch all the live stuff I wanted to, all all the shows that were live, I could watch them on Hulu the next yeah, day. Exactly. That's the way it used to be. Yep. And it was seven ninety nine and I didn't have ads. Yep. I remember actually I remember it was seventy nine seven ninety nine if you wanted if you were okay with ads and nine ninety nine if you didn't I want it was ads. Twelve ninety nine. Or maybe it was twelve ninety nine. That's what I paid. Whatever it was for no ads, that's what I paid. Yep. And I had Netflix. And I remember during that time that as that stuff started to happen, the conversation was, man, I wish, I wish, you know, I wish NBC had their own app so that I could just buy their app instead of buying cable so that I could watch their shows on an app mm -hmm. instead of watching them on cable. And that was a great concept in theory for the viewer. But what happened was, is greed set in from the folks that are in charge and high up at NBC. And they went, hey, we got, a million subscribers or we got 500,000 subscribers. If we raise the price by a dollar a month, that gives us an extra $500,000 a month. Yeah. And greed set in and dollar signs set in. And that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. They're literally, literally looking at it of like, Ooh, I don't know if we're going to, Ooh, I don't know if we're going to make what we need to make this quarter. Well, you know, if we raise all the prices by a dollar, we will make it. Yeah. And they're not raising anything by a dollar. No, and that's just an example. That's yeah. what it started yeah. was a dollar, 
And now when they raise it, it's like, th- like for example, Amazon Prime now, Prime members that we pay for, we already pay over $120, I think, for the whole year for Amazon Prime. They're going to raise us by 3 bucks a month in order to have no ads. Well, they don't want us to do that. They want us to have the ads. So they're, going, they're giving us the option to pay $3 a month, thinking that nobody's going to do that, and they'd rather have us watching the ads so they can get their ad revenue. They make more money from us not paying the $3 a month than us paying the $3 a month. I suspect that they, I think the opposite. I think that they expect everybody will pay the three bucks so they don't have to watch the ads, and that's going to instantly give them an extra three bucks well, off every of every article subscriber I've month. read about it says they make way more money off the ads, and they don't think people are going to waste their time upgrading for just a measly $3 a month. They're just going to watch the ads. And eventually they're going to raise the price on that too and go, And oh. so they are just going to make the more money. They make way more money on the ads than they do for $3. And the ads are going to keep going up and up. And of all these streaming services, the one company that doesn't need more money because no they because they don't filter it down properly no. to all their workers, it's Amazon. Yeah. Yikes. So, anyway. So, yeah, streaming services are going to get more expensive as they go, but... Uh, We'll see about this Paramount, Paramount and uh, Apple Plus. I'm interested as to whether or not they actually. I don't think they should be do. allowed to bundle. I don't think they should. Any of these companies should be allowed to merge and no. come together. I don't think they should because it's already expensive enough. It's just like with anything, it's just like airlines merging. They're not allowing Spirit and JetBlue to merge. They're not allowing all this stuff to merge. So, like, you're just gonna end up paying what three hundred dollars a month for every streaming service, like. Where yeah. does it end? I mean, at a certain point, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, you know, it's already crazy. And and of course, you have the 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 fact that the companies are starting to they're starting to work in other countries. They haven't implemented it in the U.S. yet, but that whole password thing, where they're going to start yeah. blocking people from sharing their passwords. So not only are they raising their prices, but they're stopping you from sharing it. Yeah. So they're going to make it even h- harder and less convenient to use. So, yay! Yeah. I know. Good times. All right. Was that all we got from the morning brew? Yep. Cool. Rock on. Uh, we have a handful of album anniversaries this week for episode 95. Episode 95. Insane. Wow. Insane. Um, there's a few a- album anniversaries that we talked about on episode 45 that go along with this week. Wow. So if you guys want to go back to episode 45 and listen to the album anniversaries for that podcast, you'll hear us talk about uh, Yellow Car, Jack Johnson, uh, P.O.D., Arctic, uh, Arctic Mon- Monkeys, a few others. So, uh, yeah, if you want to listen to those. Uh, but this week, keeping it new and fresh this year and not uh, so much repeating ourselves, we have, yes. from 2019, a five-year anniversary of Weezer's Teal album. Nice. That's their covers album, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, ma'am. That is the covers album where they cover... Uh, Africa by uh, Toto. Toto. Uh, Everybody wants to rule the world. Sweet dreams are made of these. Take on me. Happy together. Paranoid. Their paranoid cover is actually really good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, I know. I say that's their covers album, right? Like I didn't listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Mr. Blue Sky oh. by Electric Light Orchestra. They now, do- how does that stack up? Because you were really obsessed with. Mr. Blue Sky for a while there. It's it's not 
it's not as good as the original, but they do pretty good. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm all right with it. Then they do No Scrubs, which is just weird. I just hate that song, period. Not a fan. It was on at work today. Terrible. Uh, uh, they do Billie Jean and Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, my, mix. Yeah, my favorite one on there is uh, is Africa. The, They're an eclectic band. If yeah. you, there's another album on our list as well. Their OK Human album. You yep. can hear more about that one to Wednesday. I'll be posting a blog about that one. It's a very different album for them. Um, my blog post will speak to that. I'll post about that on Wednesday. Awesome. I'm looking yep. forward to that. That should be good. Yeah. Um, next one up is uh, an artist that I discovered a little while ago. Uh, it's his live album, One Night Stand, Jack Broadbent. This guy... This he guy. wrote On the Road again, didn't he? <laughs> Hilarious. Mm. Hilarious. Uh, the Canned Heat song that mm-hmm. I didn't know that, uh, I didn't know who wrote I'd never heard it before. Yeah. Um, so he, he starts with that song On the Road again, and um, he's got a lot of his own stuff in there. But the the fun thing about him is that he tours by himself, and um, he plays guitar, but he lays it down in his lap and plays with a flask as a slide nice which is really cool sounding um but yeah he's got, he plays a lot of his own stuff he plays probably one of my favorite uh hendrix covers uh the wind cries mary um uh, and he makes a joke about uh how he wrote a song back in the 70s for ray charles yeah. uh called hit the road jack which is hilarious because you know he was not even born when Ray he Charles was wrote that song. busy writing for Canned Heat. <laughs> does he tour still? Does he? He does, but he's from the UK, so he doesn't make it over here okay. that often. Last year when he came over here, I believe we were up north, oh. and I will. I wish I hadn't asked the question. Yeah. What's who's next on the? I for, who's next? <laughs> My bad. Uh, next up on the list is uh, a metal band that I like a lot. Uh, their live album, Live in Nashville, Demon Hunter. Uh, uh, 15 years this album has been out. Framed Demon Hunter on the album Mural Wall. Yep. Uh, this album, man, they're such a good band live. I've seen them several times live. Uh, but they do, you know, they do metal. They got some singing and some screaming, a little bit of both. Um, but they are so good live. I recommend this album. It's good. Uh, they, the, when they released it in hard uh, CD form. It came with a DVD so that you could actually watch the sh- the concert. Oh, nice! Wow. Um, what year was that? Uh, that was 2009. Oh, okay. It was their final show on that tour. Um, they were touring for an album called "Storm the Gates of Hell." Okay. But man, what what a great band live! They're just they're fantastic. That tour is a tour that actually Ricky and I, um, and his two brother in laws, we all, we all saw them. At St. Andrews in Detroit, they had That's a um, good spot. They had four bands open for them: the Advent, the Famine, O Sleeper, Living Sacrifice, Demon Hunter. And let me tell you, that Ooh, show wow. was heavy and what time did awesome. That show start? Oh, it started at seven, I think. Oh my word! Yeah. Oh, and each I'd have been curled up in a corner somewhere by the end of that thing. All the openers got twenty minutes, except for Living Sacrifice. Living Sacrifice got like thirty-five or forty, and then Demon Hunter was on for like an hour. I can't go to one of those kind of shows with you guys. Man, it was great. I'm too delicate for that. Was a great. It was an awesome show, though. Um, His third album, Selwyn Birchwood's "Living in a Burning House," came out three years ago. I don't think he's coming to us this year. I don't know if he is or not, but I know he's in the studio. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. to Westland to the Token Lounge in April. He's came the last few years. I mean, he'll probably come in the fall if he comes. I mean, Gener- generally, yeah. he comes late summer or fall. And April. Is he coming he April? He comes in the spring. Yeah, well. That's why when he was going to be in Canada in March, I was like, well. Yeah, because he's supposed to be in Windsor, ain't yeah. he? Yeah. He's, ain't he? I mean, he's in the studio right now, so I figure, I, I'm hoping, cross your fingers, hope we get to see him in the late late uh late summer early fall yeah. that'd be cool um but yeah his living in a burning house you can't steal my shine great yeah. great album great songs on there um man he's just a great blues artist yeah he's fun i really like him and and he's just a really cool guy on stage like very laid back so yeah good stuff if you like if you if you're looking for a new blues artist that you never heard before listen to selwyn Birchwood. he's got yes. he's got four albums out but living in a burning house three years old so, what else? What about your? Aren't you going to? I'm going to do a review. Um, uh, I'm going to re- do a review on Project Eighty Six. They put out a new double album recently, and I just went through and listened to their entire library again and the new album. I can albums. attest to that. And uh, I'm going to do a review on the new double album this week for so, Friday. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So sounds good. I look forward to that. Yeah, so I'm. It's it's been fun going through their library, and I'll talk about that on the in my review. But yeah, I'm gonna review. It's Omni Part One and Part Two. Cool. Steven's got a new uh, little segment. Wait, were we there yet? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Steven's got a new little segment he'd like to introduce for like maybe like monthly. Yeah, just whenever it whenever it calls for it or whenever we feel like doing it. I mean, there's plenty of people to do this with, but every, everybody always talks about, you know, uh, they'll talk about a band or an actor or a comedian or, you know, or comedians and be like, all right, so give me your Mount Rushmore. Give me your Mount Rushmore comedians. Give me your Mount Rushmore this before. or whatever. Or, or uh, you know, or talking about, for example, Robert Downey Jr. Give me your Mount Rushmore Robert Downey Jr. movies. And that's what we're doing this week. Okay. We're going to do Robert Wasn't Downey sure Jr. Wasn't sure if I was supposed to go into it or if that was rhetorical. We're going to do Robert Downey Jr. this week and Meg Ryan. Yeah, we're doing his and hers Mount Rushmore whenever we do them. Yeah, yeah, there'll always be a guy and a girl, regardless of what it is, or at least if it's a band, it'll be a, uh, it'll at least be male and female. A band? Yeah, if we do a band, Mount Rushmore. Their yeah. albums? Yeah. Oh, well, that's not my jam. Oh, come on. I'm not going to be able to do that. Oh, my gosh. No, this was just sprung on me at this exact moment, and that is not going to be... It was not sprung on you in this exact Yes, it moment. was. We had only talked about actors and actresses. <laughs> this is just unbelievable oh, at this time. Oh, my gosh. Have you, are you guys, <laughs> sidebar, are, are, are you guys, like, married or or or, you know, have a significant other of which says things and you literally just think, wow, they're just like the weirdest person you've ever met. Oh, I do. Me. Like, I do. I just feel like, I feel like most ooh, of my ooh, life, ooh, me. when Jess talks, I just go, God, I like, how did I end up with this weirdo? Oh, yes, yes. I have that. <laughs> I experience that. Yeah. Do you? Yes. Cool. All right. So, Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> your Mount Rushmore, <laughs> and this is movies. Go for it. As opposed to poetry? Well, he's not somebody that's in TV that much other than Saturday Night Live, and obviously we're not talking about that. So oh, go for God. it. Always over-explaining. Are you guys, sidebar, do you guys have like a partner or <laughs> ever like in a situation? All right, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. 
So my four, in no particular order, I am not as neurotic as my counterpart here. Hmm. Though one of his best roles and, quite frankly, one of the best comedies out there. <laughs> Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. All Tropic right. Thunder. All right. All right. <laughs> Freaking hilarious. If you're overly sensitive, don't watch it. But if you actually have a sense of humor, <laughs> I think you would enjoy it. I don't think that movie could be made today. We rewatched it like no. a week and a half or two ago. No. I don't think they could make People that movie People are way today. too sensitive nowadays, and social media is way bigger than it was then. So yeah. It's just like The Office. There's no way they could do that. No. I, Robert Downey Jr. would probably be canceled. <laughs> um, next, I have Oppenheimer because he he just stood out to me in Oppenheimer when we walked out of Oppenheimer, I looked at you and I said, Robert Downey Jr. is going to win awards for this movie. Yeah. He was fantastic in it. And it was a serious role. And he was, oh, man. I was like, oh, you son of a. And it's just not a normal kind of role for him. And he was just so good in it. Like in Tropic Thunder, obviously, it's comedy. It's hilarious. We know he can do that. We know he can be off the wall and bonkers and and Oppenheimer you forget that he can be like a serious dramatic role he was fantastic there's also a little known movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that came out back in the 2000s it stars him Val Kilmer um, a terrible actress named Michelle Moynihan who I just think is awful wow straight up just said terrible I think she's terrible but anyway um, it's great I would watch it anyway even though I don't like her as an actress but it's great. He's a very quirky character. He's always he's great at quirky. And there's drama, there's comedy. Val Kilmer's role is hilarious. So the movie in and of itself is great. But he's great in that role. And then Home for the Holidays. Him, Holly Hunter, and Bancroft. Like the cast is amazing and his role is it's great. He's wacky. He is wacky. He's definitely a kind of black sheep of the family kind of role um very good very good those are it's i feel like those four are a range for him and i think he's fantastic and i recommend all four movies um i put up four movies i'm I, i got two of the movies that you picked i do have tropic thunder and home for the holidays i feel like home for the holidays we watch that every uh thanksgiving and i feel like I feel like his role in that movie, he's he's quirky and weird, um, but he's brilliant. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant in the role. And it's and it at the time when that movie came out, it's probably not a role that was as popular at that time. Whereas now we see more uh actors taking roles of gay characters and stuff, and I think he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Now I do know that a lot of times in today's society they want a gay person to play the gay role and I get that. Um but I think he did fantastic in the role. Him and Helen yeah. Hunt Helen Hunt? Is Holly it? Hunter. Holly Hunter. I always get them two mixed up. Him and Holly Hunter have, have brilliant chemistry they on do. screen on screen together. Um I, I think the cast is is well done in that in that yeah. movie. But uh but yeah, man, just uh, it's it's one of those movies where there's a lot of talking and there's a lot of talking over one another and stuff, and you get that family holiday feel. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just brilliant in it. He's yeah. he's fun. 
Uh, for Tropic Thunder, he's hysterical. If you don't have a sense of humor, as she said, don't watch it. Um, be just if you're just, easily offended. If you're easily offended, don't bother. If you're not easily offended, then then go for it because you're gonna laugh your ass off. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the other two movies that I picked, one is Zodiac with him and Jake Gyllenhaal. I I remember seeing Zodiac, and what stuck out to me the most was his character. His character is so different. His dramatic role, it's not funny. Um, and he took on a dramatic role and just kills it. Like, yeah. I've never seen Robert Downey Jr. do before. Um, and he's not the main character. He's a side character. Not Well, I guess he's like second tier, supporting, so he's supporting, supporting character. Uh, like he is an Oppenheimer. He's not the main character there either. Uh, but I, I feel like his role in Zodiac, it showed a side of him that, that I had not seen before, which was doing doing drama in a way that I didn't know he could do, which prepared him for being able to do Oppenheimer and prove already that he could do drama again. Um, my last movie I picked is the movie that restarted his career. It's the movie that had it not happened, we wouldn't have a Robert Downey Jr. now. Um, it's the character that we wouldn't have uh, we wouldn't have the MCU without. We wouldn't have any sort of superhero stuff uh, in the way in which it is now, and that's Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man is iconic. 2008, it's the best superhero movie that we've had since 2008. There's nothing that will top it. It's it's almost a perfect movie. Like, it's, it's everything you want out of a superhero movie, um, and he just kills the role. He and, does. And he kills the role because... The role, the the person not in the suit, Tony Stark, is so relatable to him in his real life because of being an alcoholic and getting himself put in prison and stuff, and that he was able to channel his real life into that character. And John Favreau went to bat for him in a way of which he went up against the the he went up against everyone. It was like, no, we don't have a movie without Robert Downey Jr. I don't want anybody else in this role. Nobody else can do it. Yeah. And he, he fought to the end of the line for him. And I think that without Iron Man, we don't get Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer. We just don't get it. it could very we don't well get him true. in Tropic Thunder, yeah. which came out a little bit after that. But we don't, we don't get any of that stuff. We don't, we don't get the Avengers. We don't get these things. Without having Robert Downey Jr. to literally cement and be the floor for all of that, yeah. I think that was his biggest role. Nice. Meg Ryan. What do you got for Meg Ryan? All right. Meg Ryan. So she's been around forever. Yes. Yes. And I haven't seen her in anything in a while. We've got the plastic surgery situation. <laughs> um, <laughs> that seems so. to be a going trend with actresses from Gosh. that time, and it's sad. It sucks, yeah. But yeah. imagine, like... Imagine what you deal with in this patriarchal society as a woman on display like that. I can't even. I mean, there's to sidebar you real quick. There's three actresses from that time that got surgeries that had they not gotten surgeries, they probably would have gotten more roles. And that's Mrs. Griswold from uh, I can never remember her Beverly name. Beverly D'Angelo. Bever Beverly D'Angelo, Meg Ryan, 
and uh, Dirty Dancing. Um, Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey. Well, she just had her nose done. I she ne- has had roles, but she just looked so different just getting her nose done. Yeah. It, it, but then you yeah. hear Courtney Cox. She got work done, and she talks about how much she regrets it yep. and wishes she never did that. We just watched Nicole Kidman in that Special Ops Lioness, and it was so distracting to look at her face. <laughs> and I don't mean that, like... I don't even mean that judgmental. Uh, He's laughing, and I don't mean it judgmental. I legitimately, it'd be like if I was talking to Steven and he had a big pimple on his forehead. I'm going to be distracted by it. Yeah. It was like that. Like, I'm not even being judgmental, but I'm just. Yeah, it was distracting. Yeah. But you're Meg Ryan. Okay. So when Harry met Sally, because, I mean, come on. If we were doing Billy Crystal, I got one right there. Like, that movie is fantastic. (laughs) It's wonderful. It's hilarious. It's stupid. It's funny. And I even love the car- the friends, Carrie Fisher, and I can't think of the other guy's name. Oh. Um, they're great. Um, yeah, I mean, so Carrie Fisher. my second awesome. pick, a movie that I have always loved. So I used to be into rom-coms back in the day. I'm a woman. There's a real shocker. I stopped watching rom-coms a long time ago. Um, the other person is Bruno Kirby. Yes, Bruno Kirby. And as you guys know, I've talked about before, my friend Julie and her Hallmark movies got me back into some of those movies, which are just, you know, they're pretty much terrible, but you know it and you accept that. Yeah. But back in the day, like I thought rom-coms were like actually good. And so like I had Steven and some of them I still like, but I had Steven watch You've Got Mail because I've always loved You've Got Mail. And that is one of my picks because I love Meg Ryan in it. And I think she's adorable and her character's adorable. And it's just like the epitome of Meg Ryan. But on this last watch of You've Got Mail, I freaking hated it. I thought Tom Hanks' character was a giant douche. And I was like, you jerk. You just, you lied to her through the whole thing. You knew who she was the whole time. You played with her the whole time. Like, I would have kicked you right in the balls and walked away when I found out it was you. Instead of being like, I wish it was you, I would have been like, need ya? Out of here. Anyway. You've got Mail is my second pick because Meg Ryan was so cute in it. Yep. And then you've got When a Man Loves a Woman, which is a totally different kind of role. She played an alcoholic wife with you know children, abusive because of the alcohol alcoholism. Andy Garcia played the husband. That movie was an emotional roller coaster, and it was a very different kind of role for her. She's you you know you see her as the cute little rom com lady whatever yeah so that was great and then Courage Under Fire with Denzel Washington oh. I haven't seen that movie in forever but I remember being like that was a good movie so that was a, another pick for her all right what about you um we we do not have as many similar on this one we have uh When Harry Met Sally I that movie's brilliant it is it's great her and Billy Crystal have amazing chemistry um just I mean. Billy Crystal was on fire at that time, and so was she, and it was perfect timing yeah. for the two of them to just literally take over yep. and and show you what a rom-com is supposed to be. Yes. Um, and, and it's fun. It's a fun movie. That's the other part about it um, that, I, that I like. It's fun watching those characters. And also seeing Carrie Fisher do something besides Princess Leia yeah. was very cool, and it's a role of which, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's four stars. It's when Harry met Sally, but there are four stars. Like Carrie Fisher is in the movie prevalent enough to where she's they're not, like the support. Like, I mean, they're the yeah. friends. The yeah. rom com always has the star couple and then their friends. Yeah, the guy has a friend, the girl has a friend. That's yep. Um, so the movies I have li- on my list, I have The Doors, which I watched when it came out with 
Meg Ryan and Val Kilmer playing Jim Morrison, which I didn't know that you had not seen that no, movie. So that's going on the list for movies to see. Um, it's it, the two of them on screen. They have such chemistry. It's, it's insane. I mean, Val Kilmer was amazing. Um, but Meg Ryan has the ability to step into a role, whether it's drama or comedy. She just got known for doing rom-coms, but she has that ability to pull drama off and do it really yeah. well. And she does it in the doors. Like, yeah. that's what I remember is their chemistry on screen more than anything. They, they just, they were electric. It was great. Um, the other move, uh, other two movies on my list: Joe versus the volcano with her and Tom Hanks. That is, that I is, hate that movie. That is one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies of all time. I just love how monochrome everything is when it starts, and how it slowly goes from this monochrome, horrible, depressing job thing, and to, it just it it slow burns its way into this amazing like painting of artistry. It's awesome. Um, and the two of them on screen, it, they're great. Yeah. I, I, they're just, they're brilliant together. Like, I don't think Tom Hanks has ever done a bad movie. I didn't like him in You've Got Mail, but like, he was still good oh, in it. Oh, yeah. Know? He's still Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know, you know. Um, you and, love him. and the two of them, you know, they've done three movies together because they also did Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. But like, their chemistry on screen, it's like they were made to do a movie together. Yeah. And do it multiple times, and I don't see the other characters from the other movies. It's very different. Yeah. Um, and once again, like she's got, she's got those sarcastic looks on her face with him sometimes, and just like, man, she she pulls it off. She's great. But my favorite movie with Meg Ryan is a little movie with Martin Short and Dennis Quaid called Inner Space. Oh, Inner Space is great. I I only had four, and I was trying. Inner Space is great. She's great in it. Inner Space is the best Meg Ryan movie it's great. ever. It's fantastic she, because she has to, she has to play. She has to play across from a guy that's literally playing himself and the voice in his head. Yeah. Because the guy's inside of him, and she has the ability to react to Martin Short in two different ways. Yeah. And it's fantastic. Like she does it and she does it so effortlessly. The humor is, is fantastic in the movie. Um, and it, and of course it's wacky. It's a wacky, it's a wacky concept of a movie, but it's, it's great. Yeah. She's, she's just good for those type of roles. And, and I wish that she had acted more later into her career because she really hasn't done that much, you know, in the last 10 or 15 years, really. She has a movie coming out with her and David Duchovny. It already came out. Yeah. Did it already come out? Yeah. Yeah, I want. I want to see, see it. I, I. I like. I like Meg Ryan. I think that she's great. Yep. So. Yeah. So and a little shout out to her small role in Top Gun as Goose's wife. Yeah. She's yeah. just. She's a. She's got like that star power scene stealer when she comes in the screen. And and still bizarre to me that they didn't have her show up in Top Gun Maverick. Agreed. Very weird, because you got. You have her son in the movie, but you don't have her. So, you know, little little strange to me. Yeah. A little strange to me that it's all about, you know, her son's character grown up, but you don't ever see her. And his relationship with Maverick. And you would think it would stand to reason that if he had such a relationship with Maverick growing up. Yeah. That she would have been involved in some way. Yeah. And she's not even mentioned in the movie. Not really. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? How do you mm-hmm. make a movie... 
<laughs> how do you like all the movies that we mentioned? If they were to make a sequel, like they couldn't make it without Meg Ryan. So how? Why in the world would you make a Top Gun sequel without Meg Ryan? In well, it? if you're focusing on Goose's, you know, child. Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's our Mount, first time doing a Mount first Rushmore. Mount Rushmore yeah. So uh, let us know Hope what you, you guys think enjoyed about it. If we forgot those. a movie or something, let us know. Yeah. So where can they find us, babe? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, WordPress, Tumblr. If we can just say 918 at gmail.com. All right. Sorry. What are you doing over there for the listeners that can't see what's happening? What is happening over I'm there? I'm not doing anything, but I put a blanket on the couch for Sophia to lay on to eat her treats and stuff when we're doing this. And she normally lays on it. But for some reason, this time, she has slowly burrowed under it. And it just came out the other side next to me. And so I was taking pictures of her as he called me to do that. So she's doing a here's, here's, uh, here's, here's Sophia. Sophia. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So that's funny. Anyway, uh, yeah, all that jazz. Like, listen, subscribe, tell your friends. Look for our album reviews this week. Yes, yes. Thank you for listening. I believe that's all we can say this week. Bye, y'all.